Hey guys, welcome to the Impeccable Investor Podcast, episode number 11, where we're going over financial literacy. What do all these words mean? The biggest problem that I see a lot of beginner investors and traders struggle with is they don't know what each term means, what each word means, and because of that, they get stuck, they don't start, and they never pursue financial freedom. And because of that, I want to give you the most basic terms. I want to break them down in an easy and understandable way that doesn't confuse you. So guys, Welcome so much to this podcast. We're going to jump in it right now. Let's go. Welcome to the Impeccable Investor Podcast. The strategies and secrets you will learn on this podcast will help you profit from the market with ease. Remember, if it's hard, then it's probably not right. Now, your host, that crazy stock guy, Austin Bully. All right, so I'm going to leave the link below to the site that I am showing here. Um, if you're on YouTube, the description will be there. If you're on podcast, the description will be there. But you don't need to check it out because um, I'm about to explain it all to you right now. So these are key stock trading terms for beginners. So guys, this will help you out if you don't know where to start. So I want to start off very basic, and I'm sorry for that, but a buy, when you buy, when someone says they're buying, they're purchasing a stock. When someone says they're selling, they're getting rid of that stock. So those are two very simple terms, but now we'll jump in and get and get a bit more complex here. So bid or the bid price is where all the buyers are, where the buyers are willing to buy a stock. The ask price is where all the sellers are, where the seller is willing to sell the price. Now, bid, since that's buyers, is always going to be lower than the ask. Buyers in a stock market are always trying to buy as low as they can, and sellers are always trying to sell as high as they can. So that's why if you ever look at a bid-ask spread on a stock price, the bid will be lower, like $45, and the ask will be higher, like $45, $46, because there has to be a difference, because the sellers always want to sell as high as they can, and the buyers always want to buy as low as they can. So that leads to the difference between the bid-ask spread. So the bid-ask spread is the difference between the bid price or the buyers and the ask price or the sellers. And so because of that, we have this spread. And the smaller the spread, the better the stock, right? Because if they can't agree on the stock price, then it's not a good stock to be in, right? So let's say the bid or the buyers want to buy at $45 and the sellers want to sell at $90. That's a $45 bid-to-ask spread. And because of that, that shows that there's not a lot of agreeance in the stock price. And because of that, you'll have to pay a lot to get in and pay a lot to get out. And it's not the best stock. You want to see a super small bid to ask spread on highly liquid ETFs like SPY, the Qs, and all that. You're going to see a bid ask spread of maybe five cents. So that's a really good bid ask spread. Okay, so now jumping into a, another concept is the bull and bear market. So a bull market is anytime prices are going higher. And the reason why it's defined like this is because when bulls attack, they run at you and then their horns jam up. And because of that, their attacking motion is up. So when we say a stock market is in a bull market, that means the stocks are, are continuing higher. These stocks are moving higher and higher and higher. And because of that, that's how we get a bull market or an uptrend is another way to say 
say that. Now for the bear market, the way that they attack is they like stand up on their two hind feet and then they slam their paws down. And because their attacking motion is down, that's that's how we get the downward action. So if we say a stock is in a bear market or the stock market is at bearish, then that means we know that stock market is going down or downtrending, going down further and further and further. So the next thing we want to talk about is the order types, right? So for those who know that when you want to buy a stock, there are different types of order types that you can place. And so the first one or the one that I love is a limit order. And the reason why is because a limit order helps you choose where exactly you would buy. For instance, a market order, which is what I'll explain now, when you press buy or when you press sell, it buys or sells the stock at the exact price the stock is right now. So if the stock is at $42.50, by the time the order gets executed, that's when you will buy or sell. But let's say you don't think $42.50 is a good place to buy a stock. You want to buy it when it gets above 43 or you want to buy it, let's say, when it if it stays above $42, you're willing to buy it. So if that is the case, then on your limit order, when you click limit order, it's going to say, hey, what number do you want your limit at? You would set your limit at 42, meaning that you're willing to buy the stock as long as it stays above 42. Or for instance, if you set it at 43, that means you're willing to buy the stock as long as it's $43 or higher. And so that limit order allows you to have more control of the market. For instance, if the market like does a huge gap down while you do a market order, it's still going to buy that stock. A limit order kind of gives you more control and that's what I like about it. So now we're going to talk more about specifics, right? So good till cancel order. What is a good till cancel order? These are typically seen on the broker as GTC. And the GTC means that when you place this order, so for instance, either a buy order or a sell order, it's good till cancel, which means it will be good for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. This order will stay good as long as the parameters are hit. And because of that, it means it's a good till cancel, which means it is good forever until you come in here manually and cancel it. But we also have a day order, which means that like um, good for the day, which means that when you place the order, that order will only be good for a 24 hour period. The next day, the order will disappear. And when it does, you're going to have to go back and reset it or do whatever you want. So again, each one has their own settings. The way that I use a good a good till cancel stop loss is I set my stop loss and I leave it good till cancel until I come in and I want to edit it or change it. All right, now let's talk more about stock movement. So stock movement can be defined in volatility. As you know, I kind of described or I talked about volatility earlier in this podcast, and you may be like, what is that? Volatility is how much a stock moves. Volatility shows the movement in price. So for instance, if you see a stock that goes up and down very slow, that's gonna have a low volatility rating. If you see a stock like Tesla that goes up and down $1,000 in a day, that's gonna have a high volatility rating. Typically, the higher the volatility, the higher the risk, right? Because the faster it moves, the faster you can lose money, and that's a higher risk object. The next thing we're going to discuss is liquidity. So liquidity is your ability to get in and out of, of, of a stock. So as I discussed in the crash course of this podcast, episode two through seven, I covered a mini crash course podcast episode type thing. And through that, I talked about how a stock market is made up of exchanges. It is made up of buyers and sellers agreeing on prices. Price, buyers and sellers interacting and that interaction is what causes liquidity if no one is buying and selling from each other there is no liquidity so for instance these stocks that have high volumes have high liquidity because people are buying and selling from each other 
Now, going back to the trading volume here, trading volume is the number of shares being traded on each day. So for instance, on the bottom part of most charts, it shows like a volume rating and that shows how many shares, single shares are being traded every single day or during that candle period. So for instance, if each candle represents one day, then that means the, vol that the volume ball underneath it represents how many shares are traded in that single day. Going long, it just means when you're buying because you're hoping the stock price goes higher, so you're going long. Averaging down, this is a concept that many investors use. It's when that, let's say you buy a stock at a high price and then the stock tanks. So you slowly start to buy more stock as the stock price goes down and you're averaging your price lower. So let's say you initially bought in at, at 50 and then you bought in at 40, then you bought in at 30, then you bought in at 10. Now your purchase price is not $50. Your average price is roughly $35. And because of that, you can average down so that when it gets back up to 50, you're now actually making money instead of the other way around. So that's the average down method, which should only be used on stocks that are quality uptrending. If, if you didn't check out my podcast um, a few weeks ago, I discussed my two main criteria for picking stocks. I highly recommend you check out that podcast and it's going to explain a lot more on that. Anyways, to explain more, so we have market capitalization. So when we look at a stock, it has a market cap. A market cap refers to the company's value. How much is the company worth? That is the market cap. Public float is how many shares are available to the public. How many shares can the public own? Because like we know, it's a company that has insiders, that has investors and all this stuff. And because of that, they hold shares for themselves. That's the, the normal progression of how this works. So that's how we show a public float or how many shares are available to the public. Then we also have authorized shares, which is the total number of shares that a company can trade. Okay, so this is always bigger than the public float because again, and there are more shares that are inside the company that they can trade but are not accessible to the public. So it's always larger than the public account. Now, for those who like risky stocks, who like something new, who may be here learning about stocks because of an IPO, let me explain that. An IPO stands for Initial Public Offering, IPO. And because of that, that is when a company decides they want to be sold on the stock market. So when they said, okay, let's go public, let's offer shares, let's get on the stock market, that's called an IPO. So that means the company is now brand new and it's coming from never being on the market to now being on the market. That's called an IPO. Those are typically riskier stocks and ones you want to stay away from unless you have a firm belief in their product and fundamentals of the company. But in general, I encourage my students to stay away from IPO stocks. And the secondary offering is when a company needs more money, so they put out more shares to be bought up and that increases um, the amount of money that they have to play with. So they're offering the stock again. It's like a second IPO, but they're already on, on the market. Blue chip stocks, these are the large industry leading companies, Coca-Cola, 3M, I think Apple may be classified as one now, but blue chip stocks are your solid companies, the one that you know doesn't do much, and they're always there, they're always consistent, and they're always reliable. For instance, Tesla would not be a blue chip stock, but Coca-Cola would. It's been here for like 50 years, and it's still going up in price, so that's an amazing example. So for those who are wondering more about the foreign exchange market or heard the term Forex, especially those who are on Instagram and hear a lot about 
forex scams which it, a, a bunch of them are forex stands for the foreign exchange currency market or the foreign exchange market and that is where currencies are traded so like the dollar versus the yen the dollar versus the great british pound or the great britain pound um, that's kind of where those currencies are exchanged you can also see the strength of the dollar the strength of all these other di different prices um, like the new zealand dollar and all every other country that you can think of anyways the next one is hearing of a hedge fund or a mutual fund so for those who are like okay i've always been told that i need to invest in a mutual fund or i need to invest with a hedge fund what is that that is where people pull money together and invest it for the group okay so that's just a general idea now a hedge fund is going to be more secluded and um, that's for high net worth individuals it means you're making more than 250 and uh, more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or you have a net worth of over one million dollars not including a home i believe those are the, re the requirements for an accredited investor and so hedge funds are definitely going to pursue more riskier tasks and then a mutual fund is like a stock market it's like an etf they pull your money to Together and stay invested in a combination of stocks and hope seek it to a better return than the market in general it's usually it's usually best to invest for yourself especially now that we have exchange traded funds or ETFs because you can just put your money in there and it's auto and it's automatically diversified for you ETFs that's the next one on the list that's funny I was just talking about is a like a stock but it watches a whole bunch of stocks so for instance, SPY is an ETF and it tracks 505 of the top stocks in the market. So because of that, when you buy in, you have a consistent uptrend and you also have something that's diversified, which means if tech goes down, it's not going to crush your stock. If oil or energy sector goes down, it's not going to crush your whole stock. It's just going to be a, a little blip in the path beta beta kind of measures risk as well so remember when i was saying how volatility measures risk well beta shows how likely a stock is to move compared to the market or compared to the s p 500 so for instance if the beta is one that means it moves roughly the same with the market or with the s with the s p 500 if it if beta is 0.5 it moves about half slower than the market average now again i know that's not the exact def definition but that's the best way for for people to understand it right so if it's 1.5 then it moves roughly 50 percent faster um, than the market so that's the way that you can look at beta so if you want a slower stock you do you, de you, de you definitely would want a lower beta anyways a broker is the person in between you and the stock um, because of regulations we cannot buy stocks directly ourselves because of sec and federal stuff so we have to have an intermediary or a broker and so those brokers are td ameritrade Robinhood, trading 212 interactive brokers fidelity charles swab all those brokerage platforms that we now use so for those wondering, what is day trading? All right, so day trading is buying and selling a stock in a single day, right? So investing is buying and holding for basically lifetime. Well, day trading is buying and holding in a single day. A dividend, a dividend is the money that you get for owning a stock, right? So a company, when you buy a stock, as I as I discussed back in the mini crash course of this podcast towards the beginning, episodes two through seven, I believe, I talked about how when you own a stock, you are a part owner of that company. And because you are a part owner of that company, you are entitled to things that the company has, right? Like when they make a profit, you are entitled to a part of the profit. So you either get that profit 
through them buying back their own stocks. And when they buy back their own stocks, that increases the stock price or they can pay out a dividend to you. And so the dividend is the money you get from owning that stock. So exchange is just the places where the exchange is happening. We don't have many physical exchanges left. We have the New York Stock Exchange, which is one of the only physical buildings left. And I'm super excited. I'm planning on touring that sometime in my life just because I'm in the stock world and that would be super super exciting so if anyone's in new york when this pandemic's over and wants to meet up uh definitely let me know anyways execution is when your order actually gets executed margin margin is very important so margin is when um you use the broker's money to trade so for instance if you only have ten thousand dollars and you use fifteen thousand dollars to buy a stock you use five thousand thousand dollars of margin or five thousand dollars of the broker's money so the reason why this is scary is because it can increase your returns because you're using more money but can also increase your losses right so you have to think about both sides and because of this increase in risk and increase in reward it makes people want to use it but the things that they that they don't consider is what if they lose all the money they invested now they owe the broker money this is like a short-term loan it's like getting a car loan for a bit and hoping that you have enough money to repay them. Also, because it's like a loan, you have to pay interest on it for the amount of time that you hold it. So just be careful for those who want to use margin in a long-term capacity because you're definitely going to be paying a lot in interest fees. Okay, so a moving average might be like, what is a moving average, Austin? You talk about the 200-day moving average all the time. Well, a moving average is very simple. It just shows the past history of the price. It takes the average history of the price. So for instance, if price is like 10, 20, 30, 10, 20, 30, right? Then the average price on that would be $20. So that line shows the average history price history of the stock over the given period. So for instance, if I say 200 day moving average, it's taking the average price over the last 200 days of trading action. If I say a 50 day moving average is going to take the average price over the last 50 days. So basically the longer the period, the less likely it, it is to be affected by the current price only because it has so many values inside. So a portfolio is the collection of stocks that a investor owns or that a trader has. A portfolio is like all your stocks put together. A quote is the actual price of the stock. A rally is when you see a rapid increase in price. So if we're saying, man, that stock is rallying, you're meaning that that stock is shooting up. That stock is moving higher. For instance, Tesla. Tesla stock is rallying. That would be true in almost all situations. Um, I think it's up 459%, something like that so far in 2020 is insane. A sector. What is a sector? A sector is a group of stocks. We have an energy sector, a tech sector, a telecom sector. All these sectors group together stocks that are within a single niche or within a single area. And those single areas help you invest in di different things. So for instance, if you're interested in healthcare, you want to invest in healthcare, you can invest in a healthcare sector ETF. Or if you're interested in real estate, you can invest in a real estate sector ETF. So there's different type of areas uh, of the market that you can actually invest in. A stock symbol is usually a two to four letter that kind of represents the stock name. So for instance, the stock 
Coca-Cola has a stock symbol of KO. So that when I go to a broker, all I have to do is type in KO and boom, that stock is there instead of having to type in the whole name. A yield is typically what you expect to make on, on the stock. Hey, what's that stock yield? You're typically saying, how much does it make? What does the dividend give you? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the financial literacy. If you want to get more info about who I am, follow me on Instagram or watch one of my free courses that I have for you. Definitely check out the description below. If you're tuning in from YouTube, thank you. This is going to be my first time kind of doing this. If not, I look forward to you hitting the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on so that I can see you next Thursday.